Well, it's always a joy to be here at Landmark. I love you folks. I tell you, every time I'm here, you're like family. And I appreciate the pastor giving me the opportunity. If you have your Bible, Psalms 95 verse 2 will be our text. Wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. I'm glad to share this day with you. Psalms 95 verse 2, when you get there and you're ready, say amen. Bible says, let us come before his presence. See the word us? That's as a church family. That's as a uh, earthly family. Boy, there's nothing any sweeter than be able to come to the house of God with your family to see your kids under the truth. And uh, we need the truth. Truth sets us free from the bondage of sin, from the lies of the devil. And devil's always out to divide. Don't forget that. He wants to divide families, divide uh, churches. How do we fight against that when you and I come together with a heart of gratitude? We got a lot to be thankful for. If we're not for careful, we'll forget some of these things. So he tells us in verse 2 of Psalms 95, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. In that, I want to give us two or three quick points. Number one, what are we ought to be thankful for? Well, first of all, of our salvation. Thank God that um, when I couldn't see him, he saw us. Amen. I stood bankrupt. So did you. I didn't have anything to offer. Bible says our righteousness are as filthy rags. Bible says sin has blinded us. If you look at it, every direction you look at it, man, we're in a mess. Matter of fact, if God didn't come toward us, we would have never went towards him, amen? And uh, we would die in our sins. The wages of sin is death. <clears throat> Thank God I don't have to worry about hell this morning because of the message, the gospel, the good news was preached. And uh, the good news is this, that yes, I am a sinner, but I don't have to die a sinner. That God loves sinners. And Christ died on the cross to um, pay that sin debt, amen? And through simple faith, I can receive it in my heart, sins be under his blood, and the righteousness I don't have, he gives me or imputes it to me. Everything I lack, God provided through his son, Jesus Christ. I'm thankful I stand here saved, born again. It's as if I've never sinned. You say, well, that's not right. I agree, but the Bible says I'm no longer guilty. There's nothing there the devil can hold against me. It's under the blood. And I'm thankful for that. The Bible tells you and I in Ruth, chapter 2, verse 10, it's a great illustration of salvation. It's the stories between Boaz, which is a picture of our Redeemer. And then Ruth, she was a Moabite. She was a, out of the covenants of Israel, but yet she was brought into relationship simply through a man that stood for her. And you and I would have nothing if God didn't send Jesus on our behalf. The first Adam took us down, but the last Adam paid our sin debt and brought us up, amen, and stood us on the rock of Jesus Christ. Hey, my question to you is this. If you were to die today, where would you spend eternity? <clears throat> is your sins under the blood? Are you still trying to work your way or earn your way? Listen, the Bible's clear. Salvation is a gift, and you gotta receive it as a gift. And that is that God loves you, gave his only begotten son for you, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You've never had a good Thanksgiving until you've come into a relationship with Jesus Christ and realize that you was bankrupt on your way to hell. But the long arm of God, the Bible says, reached down. When we couldn't reach up, thank God he reached down right where you are, lifted you up. Puts you on a solid foundation. Here's what Ruth says. <clears throat> she fell on her face. The idea is um, 
Ruth knew that she didn't deserve this. Bible says she fell on her face, bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, why have I found grace? What she was thinking is this, here I am a widow woman. I have nothing to offer. I have no money. I'm not able to do a whole lot. I'm poor. But Boaz saw her and extended grace to her. The idea is, she realized her condition. You know the first step to being saved is you got to realize you need to be saved. The first step to gratitude is to realize I stood with nothing, but yet because I've given my heart to Christ, He's made me rich. He's made me forgiven. He's accepted me into the family. Here's a woman that had nothing until Boaz stepped up and paid the price and gave her redemption, brought her in and favored her and graced her. And uh, her belly was full. She had an inheritance. She had everything she needed to move forward. Why? One man stepped up and graced her and uh, brought her in. So the Bible says, uh, she said, I have found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger. Bible says... I'll just read this to you so you'll get the jest in Ephesians chapter 2. Remember what the Bible says about you and I? It reminds you and I, we had nothing to offer. Who are we? But yet in the eyes of God, he loves us. And thank God through the word of God, he came after us. And the gospel reached our heart. Here's what the Bible says. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of the world according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others, but here's the change, but God, who's rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, he's quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. Hath raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. It's crazy what God can do when you are accepted in his son. This woman had nothing, but now because of Boaz, man, everything's changed. Her past changed. Her future changed. She's got a great heritage in front of her, all because one man stepped up and did for her what she couldn't do for herself. If you're here without Christ, you're in that chapter 2, verse 1. You're still dead in your trespasses and sins. You're still under the spirit of the Antichrist. What do I do? Give your heart to Jesus. What does he do with my sins? He dismisses them. He hides them under the blood. Why? Because he made an atonement for you. Atonement means a covering. What you couldn't do, Christ did. The Bible says you could be accepted in Christ this morning. I'm thrilled. Years ago, I gave my heart to Jesus. I didn't know a whole lot. I just knew if sin's going to take me to hell, I didn't want to go. And if Christ came to, to uh, pay the sin debt, I wanted to accept his payment, amen, on my behalf. And so the best I knew how as a kid, I said, God, I'm choosing you this morning. Don't want to die without you. Don't want to face judgment in hell. I don't want to be under condemnation. Lord, would you save me? And thank God, not on my behavior, not anything I had to offer, but he came in because I received him as a child. And said, Lord, I don't understand it all, but I know, I know this. If hell's real, I don't want to go. 
If heaven's got a door and Jesus is a door, I want to walk through that door and say, Lord, save my soul. I got a feeling some of you, under the sound of my voice, are in the same place I was at. You say, preacher, I don't want to die and go to hell. You don't have to. But you got you to gotta mark your ground and say, listen, I, I made a choice. And I chose Christ on this day in 19, or 2022. I chose Christ to be my Savior. Settle it today. What she was saying here, there was a time that I turned away from the false gods and I gave my heart to a living Savior. That's all Ruth is saying. My life has changed because I've given my heart to Christ. I have a heart of gratitude today. Thank God I'm saved. Bible tells you and I, I'm thankful now that I'm saved that he's called me. See, God gives you and I talents and gifts. Matthew says it like this, let your light so shine before men. No greater privilege than to be a light in a dark place. Where you work's a dark place. They need to see Christ. I had the privilege to do a lot of traveling, preaching the word. We just got back from Alabama down right in Mobile. Man, you think, well, what in the world would you do in Mobile? It's a dark place. We were able to shine the light, amen? Set up a tent, preach the word. Before that was in Gulf Shores, dark place. Folks come to do all kinds of things, but thank God we was there to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. What I'm saying is you're around a lot of people who have a lot of different areas of life, not even thinking about heaven, no idea what about eternity. But you and I are light. We're just trying to get them to see that Christ loves them. God died, sent his son to die for them. That listen, heaven and hell is a real place. You and I are ambassadors. We're not here to represent this world anymore. We're here to lift up Jesus, amen. We're to be salt. We ought to make people thirsty for what we have. You and I um, ought to have in our life style some, something in us that would say, boy, I want what they've got. Bible tells you and I we ought to be thankful for what God's given us to shine. He tells you and I in Matthew 5, 16 that they may see your good works. Good works won't get you to heaven, but if you'll receive Christ in your heart, heaven will come in, and when Christ comes in, he'll give you good works to reveal that something has changed in you. Why? Because your works identify that your faith is real in Christ. Listen, let's be honest. You go so winning, everybody's going to go to heaven. You just ask him. If you were to die today, where would you go, heaven? On what basis? And they're going to give you a big pedigree of all their goodness. People are ignorant of what the Bible says. But listen, church, may I remind you we have a responsibility in our talents and our gifts to shine, that our good works would point folks to Christ. Bible says in this text, he tells you and I, he says, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. May I tell you, you cannot shine until you light, let the light in. Is a light in you this morning? Have you ever given your heart to him? I mean, the Bible's clear. There's no light in us until Christ the light comes in. How can you shine for him if you've never invited him into your heart? See, thanksgiving is gratitude. God, thank you. When I couldn't come to you, you came to me. God, thank you when I was bankrupt, Lord, had nothing to offer, and I was blinded by sin, but God, you've taken the blindness away, and now I can see. God, when I couldn't pay my way to you, thank God you came and paid my debt so I could go free. Listen, folks, you and I are blessed to know that Jesus lives in us. 
that we are born again believers. Thank God, Lord, for my salvation. Thank you, Lord, that I can serve you. Thank you, God, that I can do something for you. Lord, I don't want to waste my life. I want to invest it in eternal things. Titus talks about this in chapter 3. I'll read it to you. In verse 8, he mentions that very thought that you and I have a life to live, that we can bring honor to him. Here's what he says. This is a faithful saying in these things. I will that they affirm constantly. They that have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. You know what God is saying? People are watching us. They watch those dirty jokes that you and I try to bring in, to blend in. They hear those little curse words that you and I say just to be accepted in that little crowd. I mean, we claim to have something, but it ain't shining real good. We go places we ought not go. Now listen, I just throw these things out and it ain't going to change you because I don't have the power to change you. I'm just trying to tell you, if you'll get in that book, it'll, it'll help you get strength. It'll even increase your appetite for godly things and not worldly things. I learned a long time ago, preacher just makes people mad. But if you get a hold of the real preacher, if you'll get in that book and say, God, my behavior's not matching up to my profession. I claim to have something, but my life ain't, ain't shining like that way. See, the Holy Spirit, that's grieving the Holy Spirit. You ought to know when the Holy Spirit says, hey, that's not who I am. How many ever felt that? That's not, that's not who we are now. And think about this. Our works are profitable. God uses our works to reach people. I mean, how else can somebody get saved unless somebody goes and tells the gospel? Well, I don't have time. You ought to make time. Well, they don't want to hear. See, we, we pre-qualify people. We have a way of saying, oh, they don't want to hear what I got to say. That's a lie. You're here because somebody told you the good news. Somebody cared enough to plow in your heart and say, I love you as a friend and I don't want you to die and go to hell. They might have brushed you off, but listen, there's something about the word of God. There's power in that book. And anytime you unleash that power through a testimony, God will use it. Your good works, God says maintain them. Don't let them slip from you. You know what I find when I go to churches? A lot of folks are sitting, not too many working. And we know the verse, John, what, 435? Where it says the fields are white. Harvest is ready. I just can't find anybody that'll shine. Hey, I don't understand why God chooses this way, but he tells you and I, your works make a difference. Salvation's a gift, but if, if, if Christ is real and we're growing in our faith, it ought to shine through our life. Who is it you're working with? You know their middle name. You probably know their social security number. But you don't know if they're saved or lost. Who is it that you call friend? But you haven't really been a friend to them. You talked about everything else except the main thing. I'm not being nasty. I'm just trying to rattle our cage a little bit. We claim to be thankful. But if you're really thankful for something, you'll show it off. Won't you? I've had people... I just came back from Salem, Virginia. Had a guy that didn't go to church. So me and a pastor stopped by to visit. You know what the first thing he wanted to show me? His antique cars. And they was beauties. I even took a ride in one. People waved at us. I did my wave. It had a real unique sound. 
Every, that was his pride and joy. Hey, thank God for good things you have in your garage. That's not salvation. If you want real salvation, it's Christ in your heart. That's something to be thankful for. Your light makes a difference. Whose light reached into your dark heart? Who did God use? Was it a good mom and dad? Kept you in the right place? Kept you in that bumper zone? Kept a thumb on you? Was it somebody at work that had boldness? And a love of God that they didn't care who said what. They was not intimidated. They stood for Christ with dignity. They didn't do it ugly, but they just said, hey, listen, you better think about eternity. And here you are. They've moved down the road somewhere. But that light made a difference in your heart. They'll always be special to you. You know why? Because they were able to pierce the darkness. I'm just telling you, God said, I've given you something to shine with. But you've got to choose if you're going to shine. Bible tells you to let your light shine before men. Before men. Amen. Now the older I get, the more I need a light. I'm like, anybody got one of those Keurig coffee makers? Well, that thing wasn't working. I asked Google. I said, Google, what do I do? They said, get a paper clip and clean out your two... Um, nozzles, I think they are. I'm like, nozzles? This thing's got a nozzle? We got two of them. Common problem, it pierces the top of the coffee and uh, the, the plastic gets stuck in the nozzle. It stops it up. Therefore, you'll not get a full cup. That's my problem. I ain't getting a full cup. I'd get mad. And uh, so anyway, I opened it up and I saw something, but I didn't know what I saw. I said, honey, would you bring me a light? I got that light, and I didn't have my glasses, and I said, I see it a little clear, but I still can't see it. Had that paper clip shaking. Finally, I got my hand and steadied it. I started piercing that hole, and I said, there's another hole. Boy, I, got, I need that light. Shine that light. Boy, two holes. Took that paper clip, cleaned them bad boys out. Hey, man, descaled it. Y'all know what that means? It means you just wash it. <laughs> Took a little bit of air compressor, blew it through the lines. Maintenance, amen, why? Because it's designed to work. But sometimes in the mix of being used, things happen, same with life. God says, you're clean. I've washed away your sins. But there's some maintenance out there. You need a house of God. You need Sunday school. You need the word of God. Hey, you gotta descale sometimes. We pick up debris. Clogs us up. Sometimes in the mix of the use, things happen. So that which was frustrating went through the process of unplugging it and resetting it, cleaning out the jets, <clears throat> descaling it. Whew, man. I put that thing in there and pressed her down. Hit that middle button and perfect. James, it's a happy time. A hundred and some dollars for a new one. Just got back from Disney. <laughs> what I'm saying is, you and I need maintenance. Thank God for the house of God. Thank God for the word of God. Hey, with gratitude, I love the house of God. Thank God for a preacher that loves us and cares for us, gives us the word. Thank God for the men. Hey, if I had a granddaughter up here, part of this thing, would I, I'd be shouting, thank God she's learning truth. Thank God she hears what gratitude is. Thank God for joy and peace and all those things. Hey, somebody's got to teach them, right? You're not going to get it out there, but thank God they can get it in here. 
You ought to have a heart of gratitude for a church that loves your kids. If you're on a bus, you ought to be thankful for a church that'll come by and visit you. Tell you they love you and bring you to the house of God. Feed you a big old turkey. Fill you full. Take you home. Say, we'll be back Wednesday. I'm just saying, a lot of things take place. If you're not careful, you'll lose a heart of gratitude. Thank God for somebody who told you the truth when you didn't want to hear the truth. Thank God you sat here born again because somebody pierced through. Somebody hung in there with you. Somebody had patience. Somebody showed you goodness and love and all that stuff when you probably didn't even deserve it. That's all I'm saying here is Ruth. She realized she was a Moabite. She knew what a pagan God could do. Nothing. But she saw in Naomi there's a real God out there. And I've seen how that God shined through them. Even in bad times, the light still came through. When it came right down to it, she said, your sister-in-law has already left. You need to go back to your home. She goes, no, your God will be my God. Your people be my people. I'm just saying, someone's watching you. Don't ever forget, let your light shine. Let it shine before men that they may see the good works. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. Can I give you another one? You ought to thank God for your friends and family. Bible tells you and I through the word of God how precious family is. Here's Elijah and Elisha trying to serve the Lord together. Bible says in 2 Kings 2.2, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel, Elijah said. Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee, Elijah. So they went down to Bethel together. If you got a soul winning partner, you ought to have a heart of gratitude that you can go in twos and encourage one another to work in the field for a harvest. You got a good wife or a good husband, y'all be thankful that you guys can walk in agreement and serve the Lord and raise a family together. What I'm saying is don't get so caught up in life, you lose your heart of gratitude. Thanksgiving is saying, God, even in bad times, I'm thankful because, God, I've learned something. Even through affliction, I don't like it, but, God, you're teaching me something. Here's what he's telling you and I. They that fear the Lord spoke often one to another, Malachi 3.16, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. You know why it's important that you and I come together? There's power in numbers. You know why you and I need to come together? So we can fellowship and talk about things. You know why you need a teacher, somebody that can break down the word of God and help you. The Bible tells you all through the word of God, they feared the Lord and spoke often one to another. You know what the devil's job to do? Is take thanksgiving right out of your heart. Romans tells you and I, go to the book of Romans. It tells us in the last day, chapter one, in these last days, here's what he says. Professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. Verse 22. Change the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made like the corruption of man into the birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. 
who changed the truth of God into a lie, worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever, amen. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into, into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of a woman. And you go to any public school and they, they don't know if they're boys or girls anymore. God's made it real clear, but they're confused. Folks, we're in the last days. You, you read on there, he tells you and I. Uh, Jimmy, where is that where it says unthankful? It says, um, verse 27, Likewise, also men leaving the natural use, lust toward one another. Verse 28, Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Folks, we're living in a time where we see God stepping back. And your kids are so confused because they live in a confused world. Hey, you want to get order? Bring them to the house of God. You want to get them a clear mind? Get them out of the teachings of God's word. I'm just here to tell you, God says we're to a time where people are not faithful for anything. It's in there somewhere, but I'm going to move on. Huh? 21. Look at there, 21. He says, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, Neither were what? Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination. And their foolish hearts was darkened. Now listen, this is serious stuff. God says, if you don't want to take time to thank me, if you've lost the heart of gratitude, God said, I'll back away. Guys, read Israel. What happened when God backed away? God took those that they were supposed to win and he flipped it on them. He said, if you're not going to reach him for the cause of Christ, I'll take those enemies and turn them against you and I'll use them to bring judgment to you. You know what God is telling us in America? He said, if you lose your heart for the people, if you don't want to work the field anymore, if you think soul winning's up and beyond you, if you think coming to church is a pain, he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just back off and let the enemy that you're supposed to be winning come in and capture you. And they'll do it through education. They'll do it through politics. We've seen that. See, we're good at setting and think, well, somebody ought to do something. Hey, your light, shine for him. Stand up for him. May your voice be heard. Don't hide under a rock. Get out of the rock. Stand on the rock and do something for the cause of Christ. I'm thankful for a great country, but our country's in trouble. The only hope for America is a heart of gratitude and to walk with him. Hey, man. And, and get some um, power behind us again. All right, let's land the plane. Bible says, for our friends and family, Psalms 34, verse 3, magnify, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. That's what we see all through the Bible. We see it with Ruth towards Naomi. Naomi made a difference. We've seen it with Elisha towards Elijah. Elijah was a good friend, a man that stood his ground. And Elisha benefited from all through the word of God. We find these folks coming together. Why? Because it's through life. It's through the experiences of life. It's through the exposure that God gives us the ability to not only see something, but to be involved in something. God said, I want you to see it so that it'll change your perspective. Hey, thank God for those who ran well before we ran. But it's our time to run. 
Thank God for the men and the women of the past. Learn from them. But they're going. It's time for you and I to run. Hey, let's do something for them. This is our time to stand. And I want to encourage you, Landmark. We got a lot to stand for. Stand tall. Square your shoulders. And say, I'm thankful that I'm born again. Thankful for a good local church. Thankful for a pastor that loves us and his wife that's here faithfully. What I'm saying is don't look on the negative. Get out of that stuff. And look up. He's coming. And until he comes, shine for him. Do something for him. When that day comes, he'll call you home. You won't regret one moment. Listen, one moment that you've done for Christ. Heads about, eyes are closed.